Well, hey, Rocky Peak, Michael here, and it's so good to be with you again as we uh, take some time to open the Word together and continue this series that we're in. If we've never met yet, uh, I am one of the pastors here. I look forward to meeting you, uh, hopefully soon, maybe on campus or one of the other events. But uh, we're ready to go into our time of teaching. And so uh, online, you've got your uh, online uh, note sheets. You can download that in whatever form uh, as you, you prefer. And uh, if you're ready to go, I'm ready to jump in. Let's, uh, let's pray together. So Father, we're here again, uh, gathered around your word as a congregation, literally gathered around the world. Our people from Germany, from England, from Brazil, of course, here in California, all around the states. But we gather together in your name to come underneath your leadership, uh, to listen for the voice of your spirit. And so Father, I pray that you would be powerful in this time I pray for a great freedom of your spirit to teach the things that you've put on my heart and even things that I haven't discovered yet that you're going to reveal right in the midst of this. And I pray for us as a church that we would gather around your word, that we'd be a people that are hungry for your word. You said that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And so we pray that today we would be satisfied as your spirit feeds us deeply from your word. We pray in your name. And everyone said, amen. Man. Well, our story starts today early in the morning. He's gotten up before dawn. It's, uh, it's still dark out. Stars are out. But he's up early because it's a very important day in his life, and not just in his life, but in the life of the people that he leads. And the reason he's up so early is he wants to put his finishing touches on a very important speech that he'll be giving later in the day. He knows it's one of the most important speeches he's ever given, at least today. A lot is writing on this. And though it's early uh, and the sun is now just starting to rise outside, the temperature is always already heating up. It's going to be a scorcher. He knows that, that when he delivers this message, it's going to be outside. It's going to be in the hot sun. Um, but he knows he can't control that. All he can control is what he shares. And so it's why he's up so early working on this message. The reason he's so concerned is that he knows there's a lot hanging on this. His biggest concern is not so much what he's going to say. He's been preparing this for a long time. His biggest concern is how they will respond. And not just in the short run. He's pretty sure they'll respond positively what he's going to say today. But his bigger concern is how they'll respond to this challenge that he's issuing in the coming days, the weeks, the months ahead. And frankly, he's nervous because deep down he knows that their destiny hangs in the balance. Well, today we are continuing a series that we started last week that's called The Blessing, God's Pursuit of His People. And if you are here last week, you know, the key concept in this series is that the Bible is telling this amazing story of the blessing. And, and, and the, the kind of the core story is that you and I were created to live under the blessing of God. But when we rebelled as a race against our creator, that to a large degree, we lost that blessing and the story the Bible is telling is how God is pursuing each of us to restore his blessing in our lives. 
Now, if you were here last week, one of the key concepts that we learned is that though God is pursuing us to bless us, that this blessing is not automatic. There's a, a part that we have to play. And so today we want to dig deeper into that. I've entitled this message, The Power of Choice. And what we're going to be looking at today is one of those powerful passages in all the Bible about the power of choice and the role that our choice plays and whether or to what extent we live under the blessing of God. So if you have your Bibles, you have your apps, let's go ahead and open up to Deuteronomy chapter 30. It's in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And we're going to go towards the end of the book, chapter 30. And there in your note sheet, you have a section that's called The Blessing, The Challenge. Now, let's, uh, let me set it up. So as this episode unfolds, it really takes us back to the story that we just started the day with. We just started the day with the story of this, this man who's woken early before sunrise to work on a very important message on which the future of the people he's speaking to it really hangs on, depending on how they respond. And this is a scene, a very important scene from the life of Moses. So if you're here last week, we talked about the story of the blessing. And one of the key chapters in the story the Bible is telling comes in Genesis chapter 12, where God appears to this man who has grown up in a pagan household. He lives in an idol-worshiping land in Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq. His name was Abram, and as you know, he called him to follow him, to leave his family, to leave his homeland, and to follow him to a land that he would show him. And he promised that if he did, he would turn him into a great nation and bless him in every way, and through him, bless the whole world. And so, uh, we're fast-forwarding today. And so we're about five, 600 years after that encounter. In the meantime, his family has grown and expanded, gone down to Egypt. They've turned into a significant number of people. And they've just been rescued from slavery in Egypt by Moses. They've gone out into uh, the wilderness. But as a result of their disobedience, they're going to spend the next uh, 40 years wandering in the desert. But now we're ready to enter the promised land. They are camped on the plains of Moab, which is on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Moses is now 120 years old. Because of his previous disobedience, he will not be able to go in the promised land. And so he's going to do one final sermon series to prepare them, to remind them where they've been what God has taught them over the last 40 years, the key lessons they need to remember and the steps that they need to take if they're going to be successful as they move in the promised land. And so this sermon series is called the book of Deuteronomy, which means in Greek, the second law. It's like a second giving of the law. And so he's reminding them of the most important things they've learned. And so as we come towards the end of Deuteronomy, Moses begins to remind them how God wants to bless them, but they're Blessing is not, this blessing is not automatic, that it's going to depend on their choice. And he lays out in chapter 27 and chapter 28 the blessings and the curses that will come upon the nation based on the choices they make. And so that sets us up for this, one of his final speeches today that we're going to be breaking into the end of in chapter 30, where he highlights this important principle we're going to be looking at today, the power of choice. So if you have your Bibles, you're in chapter 30. Let's pick it up at verse 11. And so in verse 11, 
Moses is wrapping up his speech and he says, now what I'm commanding you today, so he's kind of finished his speech. He's talked about the blessings and the curses. He says, it's not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. In other words, in order to be blessed, you don't have to go out and figure this out. You don't have to travel to some distant land or find some deep mystery. I mean, God has explained this to you, what you need to do. And if you skip down to verse 13, he says, see, I set before you today Life and prosperity, death and destruction. So two paths in life, life, death, prosperity, destruction. You choose. He said, for I command you today to love the Lord. Of course, Lord, all caps, Yahweh. Love Yahweh, your God. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his commands, decrees and laws, and then you will live and increase and the Lord, Yahweh, your God, will bless you. There's our word. He'll bless you. So I'm setting before you these two paths, life and death, uh, uh, prosperity and destruction. You choose. Here's the key. Listen, follow. Love the Lord, your God. That's the path of blessing. So in verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods, and worship them, you, you don't listen and follow, you run after other gods, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Remember, they're right there on the east side of the Jordan on the plains of Moab. So this day I call heaven and earth to witness as witnesses against you. So it's like a cosmic court scene. And God is calling, Moses is calling heaven and earth to witness this message that God's giving him about the power of choice. He said that uh, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you, here we go, life and death, blessings and curses. Path of life, path of death, path of blessing, path of curse. You choose. She says, so now choose life. And I want you to underline that. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love Yahweh your God and listen to his voice. Well, he's talking about listening and follow. You love the Lord, Yahweh your God. You listen to his voice. You hold fast to him for Yahweh is your life. He's the source of all life. When you hold on to Yahweh, you're holding on to life itself. And he will give you many years in the land that he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so what I want to do today, this is our core passage. And what I want to do today is launch off from there and highlight two powerful principles about the power of choice, the role it plays in walking in the blessing in our life, and then come back at the end and ask one very pointed question. And so there in your note sheet, you have a section called the blessing, the power of choice. Let's jump in. So the first principle is the most uh, obvious one. I just want to formalize it here, crystallize it, build on it, is that God gives the power of choice. We, we see that today, that God wants to bless us. We see us in the life of Israel. He wants to bless, but this blessing is not automatic, that it's dependent on our choice. The issue is not with God. The issue is with us. And you, you, we've seen this in the story of the blessing, right? We saw it last week, like with Abraham, where God approached Abraham. Abraham didn't approach God. I mean, Abraham didn't even know the real God. 
He's living in Iraq. He's worshiping the moon god. Um, he's a family of idolaters, but God pursues Abraham and why he pursues him to bless him. Listen to me, follow me, and I will bless you. And through you, I will bless, make great, a great nation and I will bless the whole world. God is pursuing us. We've watched then how God creates the nation of Israel. He brings him out of slavery. Do you remember last week, we look at Numbers chapter six. It's not on your note sheet. But remember last week, Numbers chapter six, where God teaches Moses how to teach his brother Aaron, the high priest, how to bless the people. Do you remember that? The God says, this is, what, this is how I want Aaron to bless the people. He says, the Lord bless you. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Turn towards you. May he give you peace. May he give you shalom. God's desire is to bless. We see that today as, as, as they're ready to go in the promised land. And Moses says, let me give you this final sermon series and remind you where we've been and what God has taught us. And he gets to the end. Here's the blessings. Here's the curses. Chapter 27, chapter 28. He says, now Choose life. And this is, and so I put it there on your note sheet again because I just want to highlight this how powerful a passage this is that I've set before you life and death. Moses says, People, God loves you, He wants to bless you. I set before you two paths today. Here's a path of life, here's the path of death, here's a path of blessings, here's a path of the path of curse, curses. So choose life so that you and your children will live. This is God's desire that we would choose life. And what we see today is that this concept, the power of choice, it goes to the very heart of the story of our race and the story of how our relationship with our creator works. You see it in the opening chapters of Genesis. You know, if you were here last week, we, we talked about how the story of the blessing starts with we're introduced to this amazing creator who out of his goodness and creativity, his love, he makes this amazing cosmos. He creates his first man, first woman to, to be like him, remember, in his image, to be in this relationship of love with him, to rule over creation for him. But here's the thing. The reality is, is that in order for us to have a real relationship with anyone, let alone the creator, we have to have the power of choice. That in order to have a love relationship, we have to be able to choose it. Like otherwise, we're just robots programmed. And so from the very beginning, God has given us this gift, this freedom of choice. We see it in the opening chapters of Genesis represented by these two trees in the garden, the tree of life and the tree of that will lead to death. And of course, you know the account how our first parents made the wrong choice. And the end result of that was destruction, it was devastation. We'll talk more about that later on. But we see this scene being played out again with the life of Israel. It's almost like they get a do-over. You know, that God comes and creates this nation and he has this blessed plan for their life and he wants to bless them. And what does he say? He says to them, okay, I'm setting before you life and death, blessing and curse. It's like the garden all over again. It's like the two trees. What will they choose? But of course, we know the story, right? And we'll come back to that in a minute, but the history of Israel is the, story, the history of bad choices. But what I want you to catch is this 
this concept of choice that's woven into our story all the way through that starts in the garden with the two trees. It goes here with the nation of Israel, the choice between the two paths. And you watch this story unfold throughout the Bible. So for example, in the book of Psalms, we, we have the opening psalm, which uh, Psalm 1 is not just, doesn't just happen to be the first psalm. It's like the editors of Psalms chose it on purpose because it spells out this path to blessing, the path to the curse. And they put it there at the beginning. We call it in uh, theology or biblical studies, we call Psalm 1 a wisdom psalm. It's uh, certain psalms are described to, to kind of explain how life works. We call them wisdom psalms. And look how it starts. It says, blessed is the one, underline that, blessed. That's the topic of this, song, of, this, of this psalm. What's the path to blessing? The two paths, just like we saw in Deuteronomy. He said, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the, the law, in the Hebrews, in the Torah, in the instruction of Yahweh just like in Deuteronomy, and who meditates on his, law, uh, on, on his laws, Torah, day and night. He says, that person's going to be blessed. They're like a tree that's planted by streams of water. And of course, if you're a tree planted by streams of water, even during times of drought, you're okay because your roots go deep into that stream. And he says, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf doesn't wither, whatever they do is prosper. So the, the path of blessing. But then you have not so the wicked, the path of the wicked. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away. And therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For Yahweh watches over the way of the righteous, the path of the righteous, but the way or the path of the wicked leads to destruction. And so we, we see this, right? These two paths, the path of the blessed, the path of the wicked, right? We see it in the next passage in Proverbs chapter three. The Lord's curse, Yahweh's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses, underline that, he blesses the home of the righteous, the two paths. I think of the prophets in Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah says, cursed. Notice that word. Remember, blessings and curses. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, but whose heart turns away from Yahweh. But blessed is the one who trusts in Yahweh, whose confidence in him, the two paths. John 13, remember when Jesus started his ministry in Matthew 5, he preaches a sermon on the mount, blessed are, he gives the eight blessings, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are, well, he ends his, his last night with his disciples. In John 13, after he washes their feet, the night that he's going to be arrested, he ends up that teaching and he says, now that you know these things, you'll be what? You'll be blessed if you do that. And so what I want you to catch is that that this is part of the core story of the blessing, what I'm calling the power of choice, that, that God gives to each of us this choice. Will we choose the path of blessing? Do we choose the path of disobedience, the path of the curse, right? Now, that leads to number two. And the second principle is that the Spirit, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit restores the power of choice, So I don't know how familiar you are with the story of Israel, but we just talked about this. They're ready to go in the promised land. God says, here's two paths, path of blessing, the path of the curse, choose life for you and your children. 
But if you know their story, that more often than not, that the story of Israel was a very sad one, that there would be moments and highlights, but for the most part, it was a downward trend until they ended up completely violating the covenant of God and losing their land and going into captivity, into exile. It's a sad story of bad choices. And so like our first parents in the garden, we've got two choices, two paths. We've got a tree of life, a tree of death. We've got the path of life, the path of death, and they consistently choose the wrong path. But what we see as we get to the New Testament is that the reason Israel chose the wrong path was not because there was something uniquely wrong with Israel. It's because Israel was part of a fallen, broken human race. That when we rebelled against our creator so long ago, the garden, that something broke inside of us, that the way the New Testament describes it is something died inside of us. The life of God died. And so we, we now have this magnetic pull naturally. This is we're born in the world. You and I have this, this naturally, this magnetic pull towards the dark side, towards the destruction side, towards what's destructive in our lives. We have this natural kind of anti, we're born into the world with an anti-God gene, and we're born into the world with sort of a self-absorption gene. We, we don't love God, we don't love others, we love ourselves. There's something wrong with our race. And so when we get to the New Testament, what we're, the New Testament explains to us, and especially the Apostle Paul, but others as well, is that the reason that God gave the nation of Israel the law, like gave him Deuteronomy, right? They gave him the blessings and the curses and gave him the choice was for two reasons. One, the law was a tremendous gift. It was the path of life. Like we just read in Psalm 1, that if you listen and follow it, you'll be blessed. But there was a second reason. And the reason that God gave the law was to reveal the fallenness of our human heart. That when you're when God says, this is what I want you to live, the path of blessing. And remember what Jesus said, all the law can be summarized by loving God and loving people. That when you, when you come to a people, you come to a person, you come to any one of us and say, this is what you do to live a blessed life, love God and love people. That before you say that, we may think we're okay, but once we've said that, we begin to realize this pull against that. That we don't naturally love God. We don't naturally love people. And so we begin to realize our fallenness. We begin to realize that not only do we need to be forgiven for our rebellion, but something needs to change on the inside to give us the desire and the power to make right choices. That apart from something supernatural, you and I don't have that ability to consistently choose the right. And of course, that's where the gift of the Holy Spirit comes in. I don't know if you remember, but last week, we talked about this passage in Galatians chapter three, where Paul begins to connect the dots in the story of the blessing. And he reminds us of the promise made to Abraham back in Genesis 12, that through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And at the time, it was a very cryptic promise. Abraham, no one knew what it meant. But as Jesus comes, we begin to understand that what God was promising in a very kind of a hidden way, the way a gifted author would put hints in the early chapters of a well-written novel that come to fulfillment later on. You look back later, and now you understand that, that through the line of Abraham, one was going to come 
who is going to rescue our race and bless the whole world. And in this last week, we looked at this passage on your note sheet in Galatians chapter three. I want to look at it again, but this time looking through the, what it says about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so he says that he redeemed us. God redeemed us. He rescued us in order the blessing given to Abraham. Remember Genesis 12, that all the world will be blessed might come to the Gentiles, not just the Jews, but the whole world through Christ Jesus, through Messiah Jesus, so that by faith, not by our performance, our earning it, but our trusting in Jesus, we might receive what? The promise of the Spirit. In other words, that when God promised Abraham that through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed, that one of the blessings he was talking about was the coming of the Holy Spirit, who would come and change us from the inside out, give us the desire to love God, desire to love people, and give us the power to carry it out so we can make right choices and live under the blessing. And so this leads then to a very important question. And there in your note sheet, you have a section, the blessing, the key question. So I want to get really practical now for our life. So what have we seen so far? We've seen that the story of the blessing is God is pursuing us, that he wants to bless us. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, as we saw last week, that in Ephesians, we're told that we have received every spiritual blessing that God has to offer in the, in the heavenly places in Christ, that he is completely for us, that he loves us passionately, that he's not every physical blessing that will come in the next life, but every spiritual blessing, he's completely for us, right? So he, we see that he wants to bless us, but this blessing is not automatic, right? That there's a choice to be made. And so even after we come to Christ and even after we receive the Holy Spirit, that choice has to be made. So here's the question. The question is, what are you choosing in your life right now, in your marriage, in your dating life, in your career, in your spiritual life, in your ministry, in your relationships? What are you choosing? Are you choosing the path of blessing or the path, or the path of the curse? Are you choosing the path of life, the path of life, or the path of death? The path that leads to God's blessing or destruction. There in your note sheet, this is where we started today, Deuteronomy 30. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life. And so as a follower of Jesus... If you've given your life to him, you've received the Holy Spirit. And the New Testament tells us over and over again that if you're in Christ, you have the power to do what you couldn't do before you came to Christ. That the Holy Spirit's in you, that he's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. If you're listening, he's going to be creating his desires in your heart, calling you to listen and follow. And that you now have the power you didn't have before. Now, if you've not yet given your life to Jesus, this will happen when you give your life to Jesus. You'll receive not only the forgiveness of sins, but the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower you to live a new life. For example, in 1 Corinthians 10, it says that 
As a follower of Jesus, there's no temptation that has overtaken us except what is common to the human race. There's nothing unique about the temptations that you're experiencing. Your experience, your temptations may be different than mine, but they're not different than those of the human race. There's many that experience that. And in 1 Corinthians 10, it says, but God is faithful and he will... He is faithful to show you the way out so that you will not be overcome. There are many promises like this in Romans 8 that if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the power to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Well, what do you mean? Well, maybe it's anger. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's lack of forgiveness. Maybe it's laziness. Right? Maybe it's a lack of generosity. Uh, maybe it's hatred, maybe it's sexual sin, maybe it's sexual, whatever the thing is, the New Testament says over and over again that as a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit and he will lead you and he will guide you. So now you have the power to choose what will lead to blessing. So the question is, what will you choose? Now, what we see in the New Testament is that this desire that God has to bless us is still not automatic. For example, we were just looking at Galatians 3. If you were to turn over to Galatians 5, you don't have to do that now. But if you were to turn to Galatians 5, you would say, Paul, Paul says that as followers of Jesus, we, too, we still have these two sets of desires that drive us. We, we have kind of our old fallen human nature. He, he refers to it as the flesh. Um, and he says, then we have uh, kind of the Holy Spirit who's giving us our new desires. And he says, there's a battle between those two. And so you have to choose who do you surrender to? Do you surrender to your old desires or do you surrender to the leading of the spirit and your new desires? And one leads to life, one leads to death. So here's the question I'm asking then. In your life, what are you choosing? As a follower of Jesus, you've given your life to him. You have the other, what are you choosing in these different areas of your life? Now, here's what I've noticed what I've noticed is that as followers of Jesus, it's very common for us to ask for God's blessing. Like if you are in a, a, a life group or you're with friends, maybe you're just praying on your own. It's very, God, would you bless this relationship? Would you bless me with the right romantic partner? Would you bless me? Um, would you bless my marriage? Would you bless my kids? Would you bless my job, my career? Would you bless me in school? Right? Like we, we're... We're very quick to ask for God's blessing. But what I've noticed is that often we will ask for God's blessing, but we will not choose the path that leads to blessing as it's laid out in his word and as it's laid out through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about this next week, where this wisdom comes from to pursue the blessing. Um, so for, let, me, let me give you a few examples these are a few examples you can kind of extrapolate to others. But let's just use it. So you'll have a, a, a person that's single, right? Uh, whether they're young, single, older, single, but they're single, right? And they, they want to get married. And so they're praying that God would bless their dating life. God, would you bless me with someone that I could meet, that we could fall in love, that we can get married, uh, we can spend the rest of our life together. We can build a great marriage, build, like I like to call it, build a love that would last a lifetime, all right? And so we're praying that God would bless us. But at the same time, 
um, we are ignoring the path of blessing. So for example, um, we may be dating someone who's not a believer, and the Bible's like super clear. That's not the path of blessing, right? That we're only to believers. And when I say believers, I mean like, you know, we would call them here uh, passionate Christ followers, right? You don't want to date someone that's half-hearted in the kingdom. You're off to a horrible start. So, so you're going to, okay, and so we'll violate that principle. Or we know what the word says about the importance of sexual purity, and yet we'll compromise our standards in the dating relationship. We're not choosing the path of life. We're choosing the path of death. Um, or that we will date someone, and the Bible is full of relational wisdom. This is the kind of person you need to be looking for. Here's the character qualities. Here's what to run, hit, run from, like uh, Proverbs. Don't hang out with a hot-tempered person. Uh, don't hang out with a fool, right? Don't hang out with a lazy person, right? So, so the word's telling us, hey, as you ask me to bless you, here are some guidelines of what I can bless. But we will resist or ignore that and then we'll get into a terrible relationship that goes south. We get married and we say, God, would you bless me? But we've ignored the, everything he's told us about the path of blessing. Or a second example. How many times do we pray that God would bless us in our finance? God, would you bless us financially? But then we ignore what the Bible teaches, the path to life, about, uh, about how to make money, uh, how to spend money, how to save money, and how to give money both to the poor and to the kingdom. We'll, we'll ignore all that, but we'll say, God, would you bless me? Uh, a third example, we'll pray, God, would you bless my career? But then we will not choose the path of blessing. We don't work hard. We don't develop a, a, a good work ethic. We want to be rewarded before we've produced um, we, we don't live out a life of character in our relationships on the job uh, or, or, or uh, in, in, in our career. Uh, we, um, we don't honor our boss, even if they're a bad boss. You know, the, the Bible says, take care of your, your, your master and you'll be rewarded, right? And, in, and it says that we're to work as unto the Lord. Like slaves, obey your masters as work as unto the Lord. But we ignore all of that, right? And we become more like our culture, demand, demand, my rights, my rights. We don't really follow what the Bible says. And then we can't I understand, what, hey, why God is not blessing my career, but we've chosen the path of destruction while asking God to bless us. What about fourth example, our spiritual life? God, would you bless me with a deep relationship with you? I really want to know you. But then we will ignore what the Bible says about pursuing God, pursuing him in the large group, like weekend services, church, right? Pursuing him in small groups with uh, iron sharpening, iron relationships. We'll ignore what it says about pursuing him one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, we'll, we, we'll say, God, I want to be close to you, but when it comes to the hard issues of obedience, instead of surrendering to the Lord, we surrender to our flesh. And we say, well, I want you to bless my relationship. And so what I want you to catch is that the question is, what are you choosing that God is for you. He loves you. You're, if you've come to Jesus, your son or daughter, completely for you. But you, we cannot ask him to bless our lives while we're walking on the path of the curse, the, the path of destruction. That if we want to be blessed, 
we have to listen and follow the word and the spirit so we can come under the blessing of God. It's interesting because in Galatians chapter five, we just talked about the flesh and spirit in the war. Paul summarizes that whole teaching at chapter five and verse 25. There in your note sheet, one of my favorite verses in the whole New Testament. He says, since we live by the spirit, In other words, since you're a child of Abraham, you've not only been forgiven, but you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit that's caused you to be born again. You have new life. You have the gift of the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Notice that's a choice. You can either keep in step or not keep in step. And so what we're seeing so far in the series is that God is with us. He's for us. He wants to bless us, but that blessing is not automatic, that we need to come under his leadership. We need to listen to his wisdom. We need to choose the path of life. And the question is, which path are you choosing? And so I hope you can be with us this next week as we continue this journey and talk about that path of wisdom that leads to the life of blessing. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this teaching in your word about these two paths, the path of life, the path of death, the path of blessing, the path of the curse, one that leads to prosperity, one that leads to destruction. And so, Lord, uh, we pray that you would give us the grace, the faith to trust you, uh, to come under your leadership, and not just to pray for your blessing, but to choose the path of blessing so that you can truly come and pour your blessing on us because we are choosing the things that lead to life. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.